educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome aboard the Tuesday edition. Uh, so glad you chose to tune us in. I know you got other things going on, so uh, uh, so thanks very much. It is 5.09, Tuesday, January 16th. Another snow day for LPS, and we'll get into why that is in a minute with our guests. Uh, uh, but yeah, coming up in just a second, we'll get an update on the road conditions around the capital city from Tom Beckius, chair of the city council. Uh, and stick around for the second half the show we'll talk with ryan horn uh, our political consultant on the results of the iowa caucus last night uh, presidential campaign has begun first votes were cast last night in iowa so anyway stick around for that in the second half of the show but uh, before we go any further say hello to mr johnny cadillac producer extraordinaire johnny we turned your mic back on yeah risking it today <laughs> listen to the morning show this morning i i thought caleb sounded fine so why not here we let's, are let's uh have a show let's get informed educated informed and entertained let's do all of those should we yeah not a lot of shouting or grandstanding we like to build up instead of tear down so but anyway mr tom beckius our monthly chat i'm so thankful as chair of our lincoln city council that you are right here in the studio with well, us thanks so much my friend dan thank you very much for having me again surely yeah. appreciate it and get Appreciate the opportunity to talk to your your listeners. Absolutely, we always appreciate knowing what's going on at City Hall, and and I suspect, uh, like most of us, I, I suspect you've been hearing from constituents uh, the last few days about the road conditions and this terrible winter uh, condition we find ourselves in and so that's why you get paid the big bucks that's my why friend. we get paid the big bucks that's right that's right you know i haven't heard from as many people as i i thought i might okay. actually you know the 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 one-two punch of these two storms really created sort of a uh, a perfect storm if you will for situations that just aren't good for snow removal it's tough it is tough it is tough and you know our temperatures they're not helping either you know, until we can get some uh, a, a little higher temperature, uh, we're going to be fighting this a little bit more. And I, I heard when I was uh, walked into the studio that uh, uh, Lincoln Transportation Utilities Director Liz Elliott has been talking to the news team. And I heard you guys air in a news segment about some of the work she's doing uh, and LTU's doing to uh, to get back out in, in that uh, address that snow again. Yeah, and boy, thank goodness for those storm fighters. I I just can't imagine what those jobs are like, and and I understand. They get, you know, I hope, I hope they get paid pretty well, but you, yeah, it, that has to be just a, a, a grueling, grueling work. It's 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 grueling work, you know, and you go really hard for, for as long as you can. Uh, but there is also a human factor in all of this, too. I mean, people get tuckered out. They, they have to rest. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. But starting tonight, we're going to we're going to start to to do uh, uh, another iteration of uh, some snow removal, addressing some uh, arterial streets, the bus routes, going to get that uh, that salt uh, back out there with the brine to try to to get rid of these ice packs, okay. uh, these snow packs that we continue to see on the roads. Um, once again, you know, salt the brine they don't work very well um below certain temperatures yeah. they just don't yeah. um but we're starting to get to the point where maybe some of these things can make an impact so uh they're the snow fighters going to go back out 
try to address some of these issues that we continue to have and really try to clean it up. But, you know, we don't, we're not expecting temperatures above freezing for another week. Uh, and, you know, we're looking at more snow at the end of this week. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we, we want to try to clean it up, get it, get it going as, as best we can before we get more snow. Um, I, I think I'd heard uh, on the news segment that Liz was talking about some snow parking bans going on in, in downtown and University Place, Havelock, Bethany, places like that. That's going to go into effect. And then uh, we will be plowing residential streets starting again tonight. Okay. So you will start to see residential streets being plowed yet again um, starting tonight. Um, and I want to remind people, you know, a lot of people may not know this, but it's good stuff. The city of Lincoln has a tracker. All of our snow plows have a GPS tracker oh, yeah. on them. Yeah. And so we can tell you in real time where, where your snow plows are and whether or not your street's been plowed. Because it goes through a process. So we not only plow the streets, but then after the streets are plowed, they actually have people come in and inspect and approve them. Huh, so it's a multi-step process, um, but you can look in real time if your street's been replowed again. So check that out on lincoln.ne.gov. I, I can't imagine, Tom. We're visiting with Tom Beckius, chair of Lincoln City Council, our monthly visit, uh, and talking about the road conditions and the snow and the cold. And yeah, I can't even begin to imagine, Tom, of the resources uh, that are needed to to because you can't even plan right i mean you plan as best you can but um you know mother nature has a way of throwing us curveballs mother so. nature will always <laughs> throw you a curveball if she can but you know we do our best to try to, to plan uh you know we were actually work with a group called the data transmission network that um kind of what they do is that they they use the weather predictions and models and they, they help cities um put out the perfect mix, if you will, of, snow, of salt and brine okay. and, and to, to best address what's going to be happening with your particular city. You know, uh, some of the questions I've received here lately have been, well, you know, Tom, I'm not seeing any gravel. I'm not seeing any yeah, sand. Yeah, I've heard those comments, too, on social media and yep, stuff. Yep, Is absolutely. that a thing of the past? Well, you know, they're just not as effective as okay. people think they are. Okay. Um, you know, their effectiveness um, can really go away after sometimes as few as you know three four five passes of a car and then it's it's not Makes as good sense. yeah um and so you know what we really try to do is try to find that perfect balance between um you know utilizing our resources effectively and making sure that people can get around the city as best as possible because you know these resources we're talking not only uh people power and you know that people power getting tired and exhausted from snow removal but we're also talking about you know simple uh, dollars and cents too. It costs the hmm. city about four hundred, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars every time we do residential plowing, wow. snow removal, wow. um, and so you know it adds up. Um, not that you know that's it's important to remove sure. the snow, sure. obviously, but we also want to make sure we're using funds appropriately and efficiently. I assume because uh, Monday was a holiday and uh, kids being out of school for now, what, the third day today, I think, I assume that helps uh, keeping some of the traffic off the streets. It does. It does help. Um, and, you know, we we really try to do our best to, to do the work early uh, as best we can. Um, but, you know, when those temperatures are not getting to the point where stuff can actually melt, you know, even the brine, even the salt, it doesn't help. You know, when we're at 20 negative uh, 20 negative 15 negative yeah. 10 degrees overnight you know anything that turns to slush refreezes and you know becomes a problem yet again yeah yeah 
Well, appreciate that update. Welcome, Tom. welcome to the Midwest in January, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, I avoided uh, the Thanksgiving and Christmas storms because I was out of town. I was down in Texas, seeing my family, but uh, my luck ran out. So, yeah, that's why we live here. Doggone it! So we can have, <laughs> so we can be hardy, and uh, say that we endured this. So yeah. that's right. And you know, the other thing I, I want to mention too is, that, you know, oftentimes we just think very. Um, we, we, we just think about, you know, our, our neighborhood, our, our specific area. But, you know, the city of Lincoln, we're covering 2,600 miles of road wow. that we're trying to clear. So it takes time. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, remind our listeners, if they want to uh, look online of uh, status of their streets and such, where do they go? Yeah, so all they need to do is go to lincoln.ne.gov. And right on, if they go ahead and go to that site, that's the City of Lincoln's website, and then they um, enter in the, um, the search feature of snow. Simple as that, snow. They get to, it'll, it'll, it'll pull up that map for them. Okay. All right. Well, folks, hang on through these uh, commercial breaks, and we'll be back right after this with Tom Beckius, chair of the Lincoln City Council. Come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to another snowy, cold winter day here in the capital city. Uh, but it is Tuesday, and that means we invite uh, some of our elected officials to come join us. And we're delighted every uh, once a month, uh, Tom Beckius from the Lincoln City Council uh, checks in with us. And I'll just remind you to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter and Facebook. We'd love to continue the conversation after hours. And let me tell you what's coming up after the news break at the bottom of the hour. Uh, the first votes to decide the next president uh, were cast last night in Iowa. Uh, so we'll get an expert analysis from Mr. Ryan Horn, our resident political consultant, coming up in the second half of the show. And we are back with Mr. Tom Beckius. So, Tom, yeah, I, I just think just to put a button on the uh, the roads and... Uh, I, I just appreciate everyone's patience because uh, this uh, this snow is uh, we live in the Midwest in this winter. <laughs> no, absolutely. We, we still want to do a great job at snow removal, but you know sometimes you have these factors. You know the one-two punch, the temperatures not rising. You know uh, that don't help the situation at all. But you know I'm uh, as a kind of a, a city representative i'm pretty darn proud of yeah, of the snow fighters and what yeah. they have done because that job it's not easy uh, i tell you it's yeah that's uh, yeah i can't i can't imagine so uh well uh what else is going on at city hall i know there was uh, a recognition of the city here recently maybe just uh, last week about uh aarp recognized uh, lincoln yeah so actually aarp what they did is is uh, designated lincoln as an age-friendly community so what does that mean um so you know here in lincoln about 40,000 people in our community are 65 and over and actually that number is expected to grow about 22 percent over the next 10 years so you know uh no surprise there uh but what what we need to do is is uh uh we've joined up with aarp to to become an age-friendly community and what that does is that it it opens up the city to a whole bunch of different resources uh that help make the city a little bit more friendly to uh older folks um so what that looks like is 
is making sure that the quality of life um, is good for older folks, making sure our planning decisions, whether that's parks, whether that's sidewalks, that's trails, making sure, um, you know, our libraries and our aging partner centers are are well equipped to um, provide a great quality of life for our seniors uh, as they age here in our community. So we get hooked up into this network, that network, they kind of show, share best practices. Okay. So we become a part of this network of other cities across the U.S. that work um, jointly on all of these things to make a better, full, and more meaningful impact um, for seniors in, in communities. And we swap ideas and steal ideas from each sure, other and, sure. and give us give each other um, um, help to, to help foster um happier and healthier residents, um, you know, as they age. So that's part of the, the, the big plan. Actually, Lincoln does really, really well. Um, AARP actually named Lincoln the 11th best city for seniors uh, for cities our size. Wow. So actually, Lincoln's doing pretty well. We can always do better, though, right? So um, so that's part of the work that, that we're doing with AARP is to try to make Lincoln even better for seniors um, throughout the uh, you know the the work that we do, whether it's housing, whether it's uh, parks, sidewalks, things like that. And I know this has been talked about quite a bit, but uh, just recently moved the senior center from downtown at the Victory Park, and I know that was a long time coming and a great, great project out at uh, out at Victory Park. A great project, <clears throat> and if folks have not had the opportunity to go out there and check it out, I really encourage folks to do so. You know, re- relocating aging partners out to the Victory Park, um, which for folks that don't know, kind of envision the old uh, VA hospital there on, on South 70th, almost by O Street. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a great facility. And what we have seen is when we have made the, that investment, when we made that investment in that new senior center, we've seen people utilizing those services go up dramatically. Yeah, because downtown, I mean, a lot of those seniors that maybe don't drive or don't have transportation uh, was difficult for them to get downtown. Right, right. And so, you know, those exercise classes, those opportunities to just spend time, those meals um, that are provided to seniors there, we saw numbers spike That's cool. as soon as we opened up at Victory Park, which I think was uh, a pleasant, uh, uh, maybe surprise, but mm-hmm. a pleasant outcome of moving to the new facility. And wow, what a great facility that is. You know, Lincoln really, you know, the one thing that... Uh, I always want to to harp on people about a little bit is that we have a lot to be proud of here Absolutely. in Lincoln, and and you know we're Midwesterners, we're a little humble, perhaps too humble, <laughs> um, but you know we have a lot of good stuff going on in Lincoln, including good stuff for our seniors, um, and you know always wanting to move forward, even though we're we're already doing good stuff, we always want to continue to move forward and do even better. Um, I know we've talked about this before, Tom, but your proposal to uh, change parking uh, regulations That's right. is moving forward. Yep. So actually, t- tomorrow, it'll go in front of the Planning Commission for its first public hearing uh, on the proposal to eliminate parking minimums here in the city of Lincoln, something I've, I've spoken about previously on the show uh, to your, your listeners. Um, but generally speaking, um, you know, the city of Lincoln has had uh, a requirement of a certain amount of parking parking uh, for about 75 years in the city. (laughs) And so what we have seen is an overabundance of 
really big parking lots that don't get utilized. Yeah. And so the question becomes, how do we better utilize that space? How do we better utilize um, the resources that we have? Um, and this parking proposal is one of those ways to, to kind of right-size parking lots and really not build anything or require people to build anything more than they need. I'm sure the developers are happy with that change. Developers are happy, but you know, so are our uh, folks that really uh, value uh, the environment as Absolutely. well. Because yes. what, what we're really yes. doing is 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 making the best use of resources that we have, and so that that you know creates a smaller footprint in terms of the environment and less, water runoff, less concrete, less concrete, less heat island effect, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. But what it also does for the developers and business owners is it reduces their costs too. Um, because if you don't have to build a parking lot no one's going to use, why do it? Yeah. Um, and so this is actually something that other cities have been doing. We're actually going to be the first in Nebraska to nice. roll this out. Um, so it's a first in Nebraska type of thing, but we've you know, we have the benefit of other communities who have already done this, that we get to kind of, we've been able to watch over the last few years. And the impact has really been minimal, but the pluses have just been amazing for these communities. So I think it's good. It's a smart move for the city of Lincoln. Yeah. Well, thanks for your leadership on that, Tom. I know you, you're in the commercial real estate business and you understand the need. You've yeah. heard the need. You've seen it firsthand. <laughs> well, and you know, the you know, it, it, it impacts everyone, whether you're a big box retailer or if you're just a mom and pop. And that's the story I like to share. You know, I'm a small business owner. Um, but what it does is, you know, if you're a small business owner and you're lucky enough to own your own shop, but you might need to expand, you're lucky enough, business is good, you might need to expand a little bit, uh, and you have some unused parking lot, you can just add on to your building. You know, simple things like adding on to your building really uh, help a business continue to operate and, you know, not have to go down the road of building a new building or moving or changing their location. Really, I think the pluses are, are numerous. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's really good because, yeah, we're continue to be a growing city and, and, and that addresses uh, one of those I'm sure you'd heard about it a lot, but I think the public just didn't really realize that, yeah, now that... Uh, and so that, that process starts with the Planning Commission. Yep, it starts with the Planning Commission tomorrow. They'll, they'll hold the first public hearing. I anticipate that will go um, pretty easily. Uh, we, I've done a lot of community outreach yeah. with a lot of different community groups over the last couple of months to really talk and dig down through this process because I want people to understand what we're doing here. Um, so I don't anticipate a whole lot of community feedback because we've done a lot of outreach already. Um, and then three weeks later, Later, it'll have its first hearing from the city council. So that's kind of the process that, yeah. that we're going through. Once again, this has not been a big issue in other communities. I don't anticipate it being a big issue in Lincoln. But I think over time, what we're going to see is a much more efficient Lincoln yeah. and a better use of our tax dollars when it comes to, you know, pushing out, um, not having to build so many streets because we have more compact commercial development that's good that's good well tom uh again such a delight to to have you in here once again thank you for having me i sure i surely appreciate it yeah. i always enjoy coming down and saying hello to your listeners yeah and remind our listeners how they can find you if they don't know well you know the easiest way is to go to our website once again lincoln.ne.gov uh and they, there's city council link there and you can email call us whatever works best for you guys very good tom thank you my friend uh folks come on back 
after the news, and we'll talk a little politics with Ryan Horn. Uh, the Iowa caucuses happened last night. We'll digest all that. Come on back after this on 1499.3 KLIN. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in on this another cold, snowy day in the capital city. But hey, it's five above. We're above. Uh, uh, we're above zero. So you know. And according to and, and my thanks to Tom Becky as chair of the Lincoln City Council for joining us and giving us an update on on the roads. And my goodness, what a tough job that is. Uh, and so anyway, apparently when it gets to be. Uh, close to 10 degrees, uh, between 5 and 10. Maybe it is a little easier to clean this, uh, the snow off. So anyway, my thanks to Tom for joining us. And remember, if you miss anything, you want to back up and, and listen to our interview with Tom, you can do that anytime you like on the podcast, your favorite podcast platform, or just go to KLIN.com and find us there as well. Uh, well, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, Husker Men's Basketball. We don't have a show tomorrow. The Husker Men's Basketball game is going to be at Rutgers, and so pregame at 5, and uh, tip-off at 6 o'clock. So tune in to get the Huskers back on their winning ways. Um, well, uh, last night in Iowa was the very first votes cast uh, to decide who our next president uh, will be. And uh, joining us to help break down the Iowa caucus is political consultant, Mr. Ryan Horn. Ryan, thanks for taking some time to chat with us. How's it going, Dan? Hey, uh, living the life. <laughs> yeah, up to five degrees. Yeah, darn right. Do you have any clients? Uh, well, I know you've got some clients in Texas, and i got family in Texas. We should, we should plan that we go down there this time of year, shouldn't we? Well, yeah, except the power might not work. Well, there, there, there is no. that, yes. <laughs> there. They've had some problems with the power grid down there when uh, these things get things get really really cold down there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't talked to my family, but yeah, I know they were concerned about it. So, well, uh, and I do. I appreciate Ryan uh, tuning in uh, to our uh, show and and helping our listeners digest uh, what happened out in uh, in Iowa yesterday last night. And uh, so, yeah, appreciate you helping us break that down, but. Biggest blowout in Iowa caucus history? Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, it depends. It depends a little on how you look at it. Um, you know, it, it doesn't count incumbent presidents. And is Donald Trump really more like an incumbent president, or is he like a guy running in a wide open field? Hmm. Uh, he's probably a little more like the former rather than than the latter. We've never had we've never had a president lose and then and then try to come back and, and run again in modern in modern history. So. He's a little bit without precedent, but yeah, it was um, it was it was a it was a, a sizable win amongst the split field. 
right? He won um, about 51% of the vote, so he won a he won a majority. Um, and then you had uh, for for people that were you know living in a cave yesterday, uh, and might not have heard the news. Then Ron DeSantis finished second, and Nikki Haley essentially the two of those tied for tied for for second place. But but Ron uh, DeSantis. Uh, was narrowly ahead of her. So on to New Hampshire, and we'll come back, obviously, and talk about the results. But uh, mm-hmm. So both uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are staying in, right? And so now we're on to New Hampshire for the next... Well, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I, I, I do not understand Ron DeSantis. I don't understand his campaign. I don't understand the firms and the consultants that are that he has hired. His message makes no sense. It makes no sense to to New Hampshire voters. He's out, he misspent tons of money. Uh, you know, they, they rather fam- the Super PAC rather famously spent more money on, on private jets than they did on uh, TV ads really? in Iowa. That's, really? That's a good way to Boy, there's a good, a good way to g- lose. Yeah, we need gigs like that, don't we, in our day jobs? <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, right. And then, you know, and then he said, hey, I'm going to make a big stand in Iowa. And they spent all their time and resources in Iowa. Um, kind of a dumb strategy. The, the winner of Iowa, on the Republican side, the winner of Iowa has never become the nominee going back to right. 2004. Right. You've got to go to George W. Bush. And he was the only one since 72 um, in a contested primary. So it, it, it was an odd strategy. Um, and his whole idea of I'm just like Donald Trump, but I'm sort of Trump light, like diet Trump, um, <laughs> that doesn't make much sense to me either. Um, people only drink diet soda because the real thing makes you fat. Voting for Donald Trump does a lot of things, but it don't make you fat. So I don't understand uh, what their strategy was. Then he rolls into New Hampshire, where I think he was polling in the mid-single digits um, last week. Wow. And in New Hampshire, you have a much, you have much, much higher turnout. It's a primary, not a caucus. Um, Independents, about a third of the electorate or a quarter to a third of the electorate will be independent. Um, and so if you like, if you like the combativeness, um, you know, of, of, of Donald Trump, um, he, and maybe you were sort of attracted to Ron DeSantis. If you didn't like that, you were still getting the abrasiveness from Ron DeSantis. And so he's not really the, well, he never made himself the alternative to Trump. Nikki Haley kind of came in late and, and did that. But I think the, the real takeaway from Iowa is that none of these people ever really, they were always scared to make a case against Donald Trump. Right. Yeah. It, and when you, when you don't make a case against a front runner, the front runner will win. For those of us in the political consulting world, it just has baffled. I know, and you do this much more, uh, much better and, and more extensively than I do mm-hmm. these days. But it just it goes against everything that we've done our whole political careers. I mean, you just—that's not how you win campaigns. It's almost like, in my opinion, right? We're visiting with Ryan Horn, our resident political consultant. It's almost like Ryan that they're uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are really running for twenty-eight. Yeah, they might. Then that that might be the case. That that would kind of explain some of the behavior better. That they're that they're calculating. Well, you know, Donald Trump is uh, seventy eight. He's obese, and his favorite food are Big Macs. So the insurance table say he's not going to be around too much longer either. Um, and so um, you know, maybe I'll position myself for twenty eight, and I can inherit a lot of the MAGA movement voters that like Donald Trump in twenty eight. Um, you know, but, but, but the thing there is like, uh, that doesn't make sense either. Cause 
you know, now Ron DeSantis has run against Donald Trump, and Donald Trump has been attacking him viciously. So none of it really makes any sense to me, um, but... um, but, but here we are. So now we got like, you know, eight days or seven days to see if if will Nikki Haley make a case against Donald Trump in New Hampshire that will work. And then if she if she wins New Hampshire, then she goes two weeks later to her home state of South Carolina, which is a closed primary where only Republicans can vote. Okay. Donald Trump has been very, very popular um, and he will be favored there. And so, uh, yeah, if, if, for those of us who were who were rooting for this. Uh, primary to be at least interesting along the way. Um, yeah, it, it's coming down to the final days to see if one's going to make a race of this. What, what do you make, uh, Ryan, of or visiting with Ryan Horn? What do you make of the uh, low turnout uh, yesterday in Iowa? Of course, it was just as crappy a weather as we have here in Lincoln, and uh, but low mm-hmm. turnout, fifty six thousand less than in twenty sixteen. Um, does that speak yeah. to anything other than just the weather, or does that speak to people really yeah. aren't that there aren't that many diehard uh, Trump people, and and fifty six thousand less stayed home? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm grasping for straws here, but well, I think the, the turnout was was low. I would I would uh, it was very. I think it was actually a little worse than you indicated. I think okay. it was less than. I think it was more like around half of the, what the turnout was in 2016. Oh. I think that was close to 200,000 total, uh, to, total vote. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. And um, Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucus in 16. People kind of forget that. Yeah. And he got about 51,000 votes and only won 27% um, overall. Um, anyhow, um, no, I think, I think it was a combination of two things, that it, it wasn't a very interesting election. Uh, for many people, um, and it was extremely cold. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I think when the New York Times reporters come out every four years and go, "Oh boy, it's cold in Iowa. It's 23." That's one thing. <laughs> like five below is a little bit of a different matter, right? Um, and, and so I, I do think that that contributed to the turnout. But I think the bigger thing is that I go back to what I said earlier. Neither one of these two alternatives ever really, they were always afraid to make a strong case against this guy. Maybe they thought they couldn't find a path to do it. But as a result, I think, I think a lot of Republicans around the country who, want, who believe in the conservative movement want Republicans to win. I think they're looking at this going, you know, with a lot of, looking at this with a lot of concern. But, but no worry about that. Uh, or baloney, uh, you know, sex Crime charges from that liberal DA right, in New right. York, um, but the other seventy-five of them are pretty serious. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't think that the the, the middle of the road voters who determine elections are going to look very favorably, you know, on, on those. I think he's potentially going to be a very weak candidate that could that could lose and could hurt. It could hurt everybody, all the Republicans, up and down the ballot. Well, and let's face it, uh, and we can get into this after the break here, Ryan, but let's face it, um, after that first victory in 2016, uh, the Donald Trump Republican Party has failed, lost miserably in election after election after election. And so let's talk about that on the other side of this coalition that, uh, and see if this coalition reappears again uh, this year. Exactly. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's take this little break. We'll come back and visit with Ryan Horn on uh, politics here on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Tuesday edition on this cold winter day here in the capital city. We're delighted uh, that you chose to stick around. Uh, and, and don't forget, uh, you can always catch us anytime you like on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, so, yeah, uh, and, and tomorrow's show, uh, we don't have a show tomorrow because the Huskers are playing Rutgers uh, pregame at 5 uh, and uh, tip off at 6 o'clock. So go Big Red. We get a day off and hopefully the Huskers can get back on their winning ways uh, tomorrow. So we're visiting with Ryan Horn, our resident political consultant, who who always makes sure that Johnny, the producer extraordinaire, is on the uh, on the top of his game. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I just like to I like to help you guys stay sharp. We do. That's right. It, 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 this is an exercise in in public broadcasting, and you know Johnny Johnny's a well educated uh, uh, graduate of the University of Nebraska uh, School of yeah, Journalism. Yeah, guys. Yeah, so he, it's one of those times I'm able to pat myself on the back. I caught something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are. We're talking about. Uh, we'll finish up here. Uh, with the Iowa caucus, and then we'll move on to some uh, more, some other uh, political news here in the state. But uh, yeah, Ryan, how how can uh, let's assume for a moment that uh, the Republican Party that uh, at least that I grew up in uh, with Ronald Reagan and Bill Buckley is nothing that I recognize today, and I think I put myself in that category of people that. Um, you know, of of people that don't like where the party has been taken. Uh, it's not the conservative party that I grew up with. And anyway, I don't want to I don't want to bore our listeners with all that. But um, but the fact that uh, uh, Donald Trump has uh, taken the party in a different direction and and not had success in in in, in matchups with uh, the Democrat Party. And so, uh, any predictions on what that looks like? Uh, come the general election. Well, it's very difficult to predict. I think because I think you're right. Like the the when you get into a broad general election, the, the general electorate in the United States does not like the MAGA message, right? And that's been proven at the yeah. ballot box. Right? Yeah, they rejected Donald Trump. Uh, well, they they, re- they rejected the Republicans and Donald Trump in a landslide election in 2018. They rejected Donald Trump in 2020. In 2022, Donald Trump recruited uh, the candidates that he recruited in Senate races and House races, all lost, uh, virtually all across the board, with only a couple of exceptions here and there. Whereas traditional Republicans like Don Bacon up here in Omaha, um, those those traditional Republicans uh, did well. Voters didn't want to turn things over to the Democrats because they don't like the high tax, woke um, you know, left-wing, big government, mm-hmm. democratic message either. Mm-hmm. Um, but the voters don't like the don't don't like the MAGA message. They don't like the corruption of Donald Trump. I think that's very that that that's very clear. On the other hand, you know, they haven't rewarded Joe Biden. They've rewarded Democrats. Um, and Joe Biden is a is the weakest incumbent running for re-election in my lifetime. Yep. I think you'd have to go back to you'd have to go back to of either party. You'd have to go back to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what he has going in his favor is that 
he has a better economy on the on. It appears like we're going to be moving into a better economic situation mm-hmm. than Jimmy Carter had. Mm-hmm. Um, prices are still high. They're not going to go down. They're going to stop going up by as much. We've seen that over the last six months. So we may have a better economic environment. The stock market might be doing better than than, uh, than Jimmy Carter had. But but boy does. Uh, I think a lot of people are really, really concerned about what they see with their eyes in plain sight from Joe Biden. Well, and I heard some commentators uh, last night talking about this and just the physical uh, appearance of both the candidates. And uh, even though Joe Biden's only a few years older than Donald Trump, uh, yeah, I mean, the argument that that he looks like a 80-some-year-old person um, yeah. is, is yeah. valid. And uh, so that... You know, and again, we make decisions, especially for president, on what we perceive, uh, who they are, uh, what they look like, and the economy. I think those are the two uh, motivating factors for people, the most people, uh, when they come into the voting booth. Uh, n- not the political nerds like you and I that know all the right. all of yeah. the uh, political issues and uh, all of the stances, but. Uh, you know that's what it boils down to for a lot of voters, and uh, and you got to remember, there's something else that's going to be going on that makes this whole thing very unpredictable. In that there is very likely to be a trial going on against Donald Trump for eliciting, um, for you know, for eliciting a riot against the government, yep. um, eliciting insurrection, um, and that's going to be going on during the election cycle during the campaign yeah. season and we have just never seen anything like that before um there also may be a trial going on about how he um you know stole classified documents from mm-hmm. the white house and 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 shared you know uh iranian war contingency plans yeah. um with unauthorized people and got caught doing it on tape yeah. so Yep. Yeah, uh, those 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 will yeah. be uh front. We've never it, seen anything like that happen before. Yeah. And that's gonna be dominating the news and the information what we call in the business the information flow. That's right. So it's just very, very hard to predict because we've never seen anything like that before. Well, and as we uh, alluded to earlier, Ryan, we're visiting with Ryan Hor- Ryan Horn, political consultant. Um, you know, uh, like we mentioned before, who are the leaders in the Republican Party who are going to stand up and, and point those things out? So far, just like uh, Trump's uh, uh, opponents in in the in the primary. They aren't even touching him. Uh, you know, where's Mitch McConnell? Where's where are the leaders in the Senate and the House that are pointing these things out? Uh, we haven't seen it yet. So why would they start now? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that they will. I, I don't know that we can that we can count on that. I think, I think most of them. Um, uh, I, I can't speak for them, but um, you know, there's some that are big that are big fans of Donald Trump in the in the in the House and the Senate. Um, there's some that really aren't, but they are. They, they kind of want to. Uh, they just kind of want to do their own real get their own reelection done and. They don't want to get a primary, and um, so you don't you don't really hear much from them. But I think the difference is going to be that for that middle of the road voter, um, you know, they're going to they're going to be watching these trials. They're going to be they're going to be seeing and yep. hearing these trials, and that's and, and that and that is going to impact everything that they that they think about. Probably Donald Trump, but but uh, you know, by extension, uh, Republican leaders too. Hey, we've got on a- the other hand. Go ahead. He could, uh, you know, he could drive turnout too from his base. And, yeah, and that, well, that and that's 
Yeah, and that's what he's been doing. He's been showing up on the steps of the uh, courthouse uh, giving campaign speeches. So he knows uh-huh. that works. Hey, real quick, Ryan, we've got about a minute here left, uh, about 90 seconds. Uh, uh, we, uh, it was announced last week uh, that uh, uh, Senator Pete Ricketts will have an opponent from the Democratic Party, Preston Love, longtime uh, activist uh, uh, from North Omaha, is going to run against uh, Ricketts. Uh, and so any thoughts on that race and, and the other Senate race? Deb Fisher, of course, has an opponent, uh, independent candidate, Dan Osborne. So how are those races shaping up? Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Democrats are in a position um, to, to make much of a run at a Republican statewide. Uh, the brand of the Democratic Party is just too difficult for them to get around. They would need a very, very special candidate, an astronaut um, or uh, just someone that just breaks the mold, can finance the campaign, can communicate. Uh, to, to get around the stigma of being from the wrong party in a Republican state, yeah. I don't see that. I don't see that happen. That, that's not. That's not Preston Love. Yeah. Um, nice person, but that's not him. So yeah. I don't. I don't see that being much of a challenge. You bet. You bet. Something really, really changes drastically. Ryan, thank you very much. We'll have you back again soon, my friend. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Dan. Take care, folks. Hey, have a great evening. Stay warm and go do good things. We'll see you on Thursday.